captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to
of my life Such a way as gives us breath Such a truth as ends all strife Such a life as killeth My strength, such a light as shows a feast, such a feast as men's in length, such a strength as men's again.
Christmas. Merry Christmas. Our service continues on page four of your bulletin. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be your kingdom, now Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you have caused this holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that we who have known the mystery of that light on earth may also enjoy him perfectly in heaven, where with you in the Holy Spirit he lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. A reading from Isaiah. Upon your walls, O Jerusalem, I have posted sentinels. All day and all night, they shall never be silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest, and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it renowned throughout the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink the wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it shall drink it in my holy courts. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, lift an ensign over the peoples. The Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to daughter Zion, see, your salvation comes. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called salt out, a city not forsaken. The word of the Lord.
reading from Titus. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from the Empress, Emperor Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among them whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you can have a seat. <clears throat> I begin with a poem. We must not portray you in king's robes, you drifting mist that brought forth the morning. Once again from the old paint boxes, we take the same gold for scepter and crown that has disguised you throughout the ages. Piously, we produce our images of you till they stand around you like a thousand walls. And when our hearts would simply open, our fervent hands hide you. This poem is from a collection called The Book of Hours by Rainer Maria Rilke, a German poet living at the turn of the 20th century. His translators describe the collection of Rilke, this collection of Rilke's poems, saying, For those of us who cannot take comfort in an absolute and triumphalist God immune to suffering, the God of the Book of Hours is more appealing. 
Rilke's poems press the boundaries of what we might consider to be appropriate ways of talking about God and our relationship with God. Instead of following the usual tropes, Rilke ignores a ignores a distant deity in favor of a God who is imminent, personal, and affected, and who reciprocates the intimacy and emotion that Rilke offers. The God of Rilke's poems is neatly summarized in the poem I have quoted already. Piously we produce our images of you till they stand around you like a thousand walls, and when our hearts would simply open, our fervent hands hide you. But more importantly for our gathering tonight and for the season we now begin, Rilke's image of God cuts to the heart of what our reading from Luke has revealed about God, about the God we have portrayed in king's robes and painted with scepter and crown. In Luke's telling, Christ is set in contrast to Caesar Augustus, the one who has the power to move people around the world with a simple decree. His word reorders the population, uprooting them and sending them to their respective hometowns, This is the power of the emperor, who is far removed from Palestine and this little town of Bethlehem. The emperor neither knows nor cares of the disorientation he causes in his decree, and the decree itself is likely meant to assess both his financial position through taxation and his military capacity through census. In other words, these people from whom he is far removed are pawns in his divine plan since the emperor was worshipped as a deity. They are, mere, they are a mere resource for the production of his glory and that of the empire. And consider now the contrast between Caesar and Christ and then the words of Rilke's poem alongside the angelic announcement, we must not portray you in king's robes, but rather you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. I don't think we can return to this scandal too often since we are at least as often to live as though it were not the central reality of our world. God became human flesh in the form of an infant born to a poor young woman in Bethlehem. Certainly it is hard enough to believe that God became human at all, but that in itself is not even the scandal. The scandal is that it is this particular poor child who draws only the attention of the shepherds, who must be wrapped in bands of cloth and laid in a manger. It is this child who must be held, rocked, and nursed by his mother in the most tender affection. It is this child who will learn to speak and walk, who will cling to Joseph's leg and laugh at the faces he makes, who will potty train and cry to his mother over a skinned knee. There is a danger in making this sound too precious, and that is the last thing that I want. What I want to remember is that God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of things seen and unseen, took on the humiliations, limitations, intimacies, mundanities, and tenderness of human life, growing and learning among family and friends. This is an absurdity, far below the dignity or consideration of an almighty God. Caesar gets it. Why doesn't Yahweh? There is a kind of safety in imagining God to be a distant monarch, perched on an inaccessible throne with every symbol of power and superiority. We do not have to reckon with God if there is a great chasm between us, and we can push every responsibility for the care of this world off on God's bourgeois indifference. All-knowing and all-powerful gods do not have the luxury of escaping blame for the troubles and tragedies of the world. And I can tell you that I am not above casting such blame on God when it all becomes too much. But Luke's narrative flips that script on us and instead presents a God who is born in the midst of a world that has become all too much. 
The gospel does not offer a deus ex machina, an easy escape that runs roughshod over the dignity and liberty of humanity. Rather, God enters the world willingly with the hope of endurance and faithfulness from within, with the hope that the beauty of creation and the possibility of human flourishing might be revealed to us once again. Jesus' birth is surrounded by corruption, colonial powers, violence, and a peace maintained at the end of a sword. Amid all of this, God has become an infant, newborn, swaddled, and lying in a manger, vulnerable to every threat, power, and presence the whims of humanity might inflict upon him. But God has also become vulnerable to intimacy and friendship, love, and joy. God will be with us as child, teacher, neighbor, companion, friend. I have said before, salvation is not escape. Salvation is to experience the fullness of life in intimacy, care, and friendship with God and one another. Tonight, God is immersed in our life, all in with us from the beginning, from infancy. And for a fleeting moment, this is what we get tonight as we hear Luke's gospel read for the millionth time. We get the shepherds gathered in awe and adoration, Mary and Joseph delirious with joy after labor and delivery, and Jesus the Christ asleep in the feeding trough, all gathered around, anticipating this life that has begun to unfold with them in the birth of this child. And as they stand or sit around the manger in wonder, joy, expectation, and uncertainty, it becomes the moment Rilke longs for in the last lines of his poem, the moment when our hearts would simply open, open to the companionship Almighty God has reached for with great humility and desperate longing in the birth of the Christ. Again, this teeters on the verge of being precious and nostalgic, and don't let it go there. It is anything but precious. It is dangerous and messy, with the stress of travel and the demands of the emperor weighing on these new parents. But this is often how the birth of a child greets us in the middle of our lives. The world doesn't stop for the birth of a baby. Bills don't pause. Needs arise still more frequently. Sickness and death do not wait. And the dangers and horrors of the world remain. But in the midst of all that surrounds us, there are moments of forced peace where you sit with a baby in your arms, nothing you can do but sit still and wait for the child to wake from sleep. These are the moments of beginning, the beginning of that life of intimacy and love where the heart opens to allow this real flesh and blood presence to shape and mold us. This is how God has come to us, in the risky hope that we might open our hearts to be shaped by a lifetime of friendship and care with God. This evening, in that relationship, we are Joseph, with every uncertainty and joy colliding in this child as the mystery and wonder of a new life together takes hold of our hearts. This evening, we are the shepherds who, with not a little confusion, stare at something in sim as simple and common as a baby, holding together the absurdity and the hope that this is God who wants to begin a life with us. This evening, we are the manger with the Christ resting in us as we cradle him in whatever we have to offer. This evening we are Mary, simply holding the baby, while the rest of the world spins around us, receiving the moment of peace with our new companion in the middle of the storm. Tonight the world around us does not stop, but do not neglect this gift of pause to ponder the mystery, to sit quietly and hold this baby. And when your heart would simply open, 
Still your fervent hands, and let the Christ come to rest within you, in the silence of this night, knowing that when he wakes, your life will begin again. Amen. Continuing on page 7, let us stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified and the Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and life in the world to come. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Please show one another signs of peace. Y'all can have a seat. This is coming out of here, right? Yes. So I, I don't have to. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's good to be with you all. I know uh, tonight is going to be wild for you all, kind of going in and out with family and that sort of thing. So um, uh, if I don't get to say hello to you, I'm, I'm, I see your faces in here, and I'm very glad that you're here with us, um, especially those of you that I haven't seen in a while, just being away and being living in different cities and that sort of thing. So it's great to see everyone here. Um, we, uh, the, the, the only announcements I have are the ones that are kind of instructional for the service. So uh, the next thing we will do is to turn to the table for Eucharist. Um, and I will be singing the Eucharistic prayer. Most of you will know those responses, those sung responses. And if you don't know them, fake it. Uh, and so that's the, uh, that's the Eucharistic prayer. And then uh, at the end of the service, um, instead of singing Silent Night with candlelight right after the Eucharist, we're actually going to do that for the processional out. So we'll turn the lights down and hopefully we won't fall over each other and we will process out with y'all's candles lit and singing Silent Night. So um, when, when, uh, when I say the final blessing, that's when uh, the lights will go down and you all will flick on your candles um, and we will sing that together. Um, and the dismissal will be uh, a little bit quieter. Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, just a quick story reasoning for that. The, um, uh, I, I was told that uh, it's very strange that we put the baby Jesus to sleep with Silent Night and then immediately wake him up with this rousing chorus of joy to the world, um, which all parents would say, why would you do that? Um, so, so that's why we're going to process out a little quieter this evening. Um, the uh, last thing that I want to say is... Uh, for receiving communion. 
you're all welcome to receive communion uh, uh, here, and we will have two stations for that. Um, Chris and I will have the patent with the bread, and uh, uh, Gordon and Charlie will have the chalices on either side. So if you're on this side of the room, you'll come over here and kind of loop back around this way. If you're on this side of the room, you'll come around here, loop back around this way. Um, so there'll be two two stations for you all to come to uh, for communion. Um, if you would if you would rather uh, wish to not receive communion, simply put your arms over your chest like this and. Uh, we will offer you a blessing. Uh, if you um, uh, if you would like to receive just the bread and not receive the cup, uh, you're welcome to do that as well, um, knowing that the full presence of Christ is with you uh, in, I, in either element. Um, let's see. We will do birthdays and anniversaries for Christmas time uh, on January 1st when we meet for Sunday. So if you had a, if you have a Christmas Day birthday or sometime around there, uh, we'll do we will bless you uh, on on New Year's Day when we meet for that for that service. Oh, yes, yes. Receiving the cup uh, for communion. Uh, Dip your wafer in. Don't grab it and drink out of it. Um, That will disturb all the people in the line behind you to receive communion. Um, Any other announcements for the good of the group? Again, welcome. Thank you for being here. It's wonderful to see all of you. Merry Christmas. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your heart. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Glorify you, Father, 
and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light and accessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. We acclaim you, Holy Lord, glorious in power. Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you love the world so much that in the fullness of time you sent your only Son to be our Savior, incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. When the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them he took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, 
Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate this memorial of our redemption, recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup. We praise you and we bless you. We praise you, we bless you, we give thanks to you, and we pray to you, Lord our God. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. Remember Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, and all who minister in your church. Remember all your people and those who seek your truth. Remember Ed, sister, Becky, Carolyn, Stephanie and family, Bill, Louisa, Alan and Lisa, Mariana, Martha, Doreen, Beth, Lily, Rick, Jay, Kim, Kathy, Jonathan, Denise, Jonathan, Patricia, Sarah Beth, Jason, Gary, Ricky, Kim, Diane, Larry, Alice, Seth, Matt, Richard, the Swift family, and Donna. Remember all who have died in the peace of the Lord, and those whose faith is known to you alone, Bring them into the place of eternal joy and light. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary, with patriarchs, prophets, apostles, and martyrs, with Blessed Paul, Blessed Christopher, Blessed Timothy, and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours. Almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Please stand or kneel for the post-communion prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. May Christ, who by his incarnation gathered into one things earthly and heavenly, fill you with his joy and peace and the blessing of God Almighty the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.